Hi everyone, this is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church sermon podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through His Word for His people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from Him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship Him and take His message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening. I invite you to find your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. As you're turning there, as we live our lives, there's different places, there's different locations, different buildings, there's lots of different places that we have to go for some particular reason. Now, I'm not talking about places like Disney World or Branson or the Riverside Aquatic Center or the pool down here at the park or the zoo or places like that because those are places that we want to go. We want to go enjoy them. I'm talking about places we need to go just because of the course of life. It takes us to these places, places like school, places like the dentist office or the bank. There's various necessary places we go. They invoke a variety of different responses in different people, like the mall or the movie theater, or how about McDonald's? Some people love these places, and let's just say some not so much. But what about those places that make us feel different about going to them? Let's look at a few of those. I've got to show you an image on the screen in just a moment. And they're going to be different images, three of them. And when you look at that image, I want you to shout out the very first word that comes to your mind. The first thing that you think of about how you or others might typically feel about going to these different places. Let's look at the first one. The DMV or the tag office. How do you feel about going there? Nobody enjoys going to that. How do you feel going there? Are you happy? Are you joyful? Yay, I get to pay my taxes again this year. Are you excited about waiting in the lines? Are you ready to go there? Or maybe not so much. How about this next one? Anybody like going to the dentist? Uh, Yeah, we we don't like going there, do we? Are you happy? Are you excited? Or are you nervous? Or are you like some people just plain old scared to go to the dentist office? How about this next one? (laughs) <laughs> some woo, some ugh. got to tell you, remember when you shout out words for places like this, remember you're in church this morning, okay? For the most part, I would say these were not the most rave reviews that we give into these places, right? Some worse than others, but for the most part, we can see that we only go to these places because we have to go to these places throughout the course of life. Did you notice though? I didn't hear anyone say, I love going to the tag office. I love going to the dentist. I love going to these places. Now, You may occasionally hear someone say they love going to Walmart, especially if you place it in comparison to going to the tag office or going to the dentist office. But if anyone ever says that they love going to the tag office, let me just say, you're going to assume that what? They need help, right? Let's do one more. What would people say? What would you say to this next picture? That's right. It's this church. But hold on, don't say anything out loud on this one, okay? Just think about it. Think about what you feel, what you think when you see this church, when you come to this church, and do it honestly. Do we think about this church? Do we think about it the same way that we think about going to the tag office, or going to the dentist's office, or going to Walmart? Or maybe for you, it's just another one of those places that you have to go, that you feel you have to go on Sunday morning, because that's where you do. You go to church. Or is there more to it for you? Think about the people who aren't here with us this morning. Think about those who haven't stepped foot in a church for a long time, if ever, if they've ever stepped foot in a church. What would they say about this church? 
I'd be willing to guess that some of them, they'd probably describe coming to church much like we describe going to the tag office or to the dentist. Based on their experiences in the past, I'd say that probably wouldn't be far off from the truth for them feeling that way. Friends, let me just ask, is that what God intended when he created the church? Is it? What was his idea about this community of people as we gather together? What does he want for us? I believe as I've studied scripture, the answer is he doesn't want people to feel that way. The same as when we go to the tag office when we come to church. That's not God's plan for his church. As I understand it, God wants us to love the church. He wants to have a deep love relationship with the church. Now, we're not to love the church, what we see sometimes in the news about church people and church leaders. Maybe what we've experienced in the church in the past. But we're supposed to love the church as he intended us to love the church. And that's what this series, that's what it's going to be all about. That we'll learn to be the community, to be the body of believers, to be the saints that God intended us to be. Church, if you only remember one thing from this morning, this is it. I want you to remember this. Loving the church means loving the people. You can't love the church and not love Christ's people. In the passage we're going to look at in just a little bit, we see that Jesus, he's with his disciples, and he gathered them together. They're at the Passover meal, and Jesus knew that these were his last intimate moments he was going to have with his disciples. The words that Jesus spoke that we're about to read, they were spoken just hours before Jesus would be arrested and put on trial. And these words were important. They were words that he wanted his followers to remember. And what were his dying words for his disciples, for his church, for his people? They were this, to love one another. Please stand in honor of reading God's word. We're going to look at the words that Jesus spoke. I'll be reading John chapter 13. I only got two verses to read this morning, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this truth that Jesus spoke. Lord, may we be a church that's just a picture of this love that Jesus calls us to. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts and in our lives that we need to clean up to be the church, to be who you call us to be, I pray that we'll be willing to make those changes. Guide us, Lord. Give us wisdom this morning. Help us understand your words as Jesus spoke them to us. It's in your name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. You may be seated. What you need to understand here is this short passage that we just read, it was a prelude to the church that was going to start. The church, it gets its start later on in the book of Acts. But right here, what we do is we find Jesus here meeting with his disciples. And what he's doing is he's telling them how his followers, how they should be known, what their reputation will be out in the community, the community that he's creating. And what he's saying here is this, that they will be known, known for their love for one another. And I hope you've caught what Jesus said in verse 34. He said what? He said, a new commandment I give to you. Remember, God gave Moses the first ten commandments. He gave numbers one through number ten. And right here, Jesus gives his disciples number eleven. He says, I got a new one right here for you all. And it's this, love one another. Church people, all members of the body of believers are meant to love one another. Jesus says it's not optional. It's not an elective. It's a command that Jesus gave us. And we are to love one another. But what does that mean? What does it mean for us to love one another? When we say that we want to love the church as God intended it and us to be, what does it mean? What does that word love really mean? It was many years ago, probably back in 1984, 1985, I was introduced to a new restaurant near where I lived. Y'all know I'm a barbecue guy, right? 
And I was introduced to my first batch of Kansas City barbecue. That night, I had the most amazing barbecue that I'd ever had. I remember Stephanie taking me to this place that was not far from where she lived when she was growing up. And she introduced me to this restaurant. And we had a great time while we were there. It was great food, and I loved the queue. Mm, It was good, and the service was great. And it was a phenomenal overall experience for both of us. And that place is still one of my favorite places to go when we go back up to Kansas City. I loved it. I loved that restaurant. Yes, I loved it. Y'all know my little David, right? He's such a fun guy. He's a special little boy. There's times where we'll be, and we just did this again last night. He'll be sitting on my lap on on the side of my chair there, and we'll be either watching the show or we'll be playing with his stuffed animals or something. And he'll lean over me and say, Daddy, I love you, Daddy. And I'll look over him and say, David, I love you, but I love you more. And then he'll look at me and he'll go, well, no, Daddy, I love you more. And I'll say, no, David, I love you the most. Then he'll go on and some ramble on some long list of, Daddy, no, I love you more, and I love you to the moon and the back and all this. I mean, it'll go on for some big, long thing. And I'm going to tell you, after that, I just leave it there. It's like, yeah, you love me a lot, and I love you a lot. It is such a sweet time with my little boy. Yes, I love my son. I said, I do all my kids. I love all of my kids all the same. And there's the ragged bunch of ragged muffins there. But let me ask you, is that the same as when we say, I love the church? What is it we mean when we say, I love my church? What does it mean to love one another? Does he want us to love one another like I love my experience at that restaurant? Does he want me to love the church the same way I love my son? With the restaurant, what was happening is I was experiencing something that was given to me. It was a place that was offering me something for my money. The restaurant, it fed me. It provided Stephanie and I a moment that we could participate in. If the experience itself was excellent, What would I do? I could rate it, right? I could go out to Yelp or Facebook now. I can go all different places. I can give it a positive review and say, hey, man, this is a great place to go. You need to go there, and I can recommend it to other people. Now, the opposite is also true, right? If we didn't enjoy it, if it was not so good an experience that we had, we could go out there, and we can tell others to avoid it through whatever rating system we wanted to do. How about with my son? I was experienced with him an important relationship. My son is someone I am intrinsically connected to. My love for him is based on what I'm receiving and experiencing. It's based on who he is. It's based on what's involved in our relationship as we go through life together. Because I love him. I care for him. I play with him. We go through life together. Now, I understand, just like with your kids, that journey, I mean, it might have some places that we go along where it's not such a great experience as we go through it. But what happens is we work through those times together. I don't rate my son on Facebook. I don't go out to Google. I don't go anywhere else and rate my son and say, yeah, this son, blah, 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 blah. I love him. I love my son. Understand, the church was never meant to be like a restaurant. It's meant to be based on relationships. This begins, first and foremost, with a relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And through that, what happens is God, He connects us all together into His family. We're connected. Jesus loves us so much that He brought us into a relationship with Himself. His death on the cross was an act of love for us. Earlier in John's Gospel, we're told that it was because God loved us so much that He sent His Son. You all know this verse. I didn't even put it on the screen because I know you know it. John 3.16. Everybody say it with me. Here we go. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He gave us his son so that we might have real life. He intentionally loved us. He intentionally served us. And being brought into that relationship, we aren't only being brought into a relationship with Jesus, but understand we're also being brought into a relationship with one another. 
everybody that's part of the family of God. And here's what that really means. Being in a relationship with Jesus means that you're being part of his church, part of his kingdom. You're being part of his faith family, an active, serving, giving, helping part of his family. But what is it that some do? There's many people. You treat church just like a restaurant. If they experience, if it isn't just to your liking, well, what do you do? You'll badmouth the church. And you'll do it to whomever will listen to you. You'll attempt to discredit its leaders, regardless of the truth that you go through. You'll decide, well, I'm not going to pay my check. I'm not going to tithe to the church because I'm not getting out of it what I think I should be getting out of it. And if none of that works, what happens is you'll go, you'll find somewhere else to go to go to church. Or maybe, like some people, you just not go at all. I'm going to tell you, this is beyond unfortunate. You see, this sets up the expectation that the church was never intended to fulfill. Also, we must be honest with this thinking. It isn't relationship-focused, which is what the church is all about. It is self-focused. And it most certainly isn't loving as Jesus loved. This is more of a love as you see fit, as you're comfortable with. It's love for your own gain, for what you can get out of it. But the church isn't supposed to be like that. The only way you'll experience love for the church is when you intentionally love the church. You will have a deep sense of love for the church of God when you actively and intentionally participate in that love for the church. Now, the opposite is also true, okay? When you don't intentionally love the church, you won't experience a love for the church. The way that you love the church is like when it's all about relationships. Understand, church is not about being like a restaurant. You can't come in and order up exactly what you want and decide whether or not you want to pay the bill. It's about relationships. Look, Jesus said that love will be the identifying mark of his church. The Apostle John, he clearly teaches us in 1 John 2, verses 9 and 10. says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. And then in 1 Peter 4, 8, Peter exhorts us on with this. To above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> How blessed is the church? How blessed are the people that love like that? Love, it's how people will know. Jesus says it's how people will know that we're his people, that we're Christians. Or if we're just trying to play the Christian game. Jesus' followers, they should be unmistakable. Our love for each other is evidence of Jesus' actions in our lives. Our love for each other, it will depict the way he lives within us. It should be sacrificial. It should be servant-focused. It should be compassionate, and it should be unconditional. It's important to note here that Jesus' command, it focuses on the expression of our love toward one another and within the church. The way that we love other disciples, others in the church, it's directly related to how we show or should show love for Jesus out into the world to those around us. He says in verse 35, why he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Meaning here that we must first love each other. If we're going to be effective, witness to the world, we must love each other. That's what he's saying here. So, what does it look like to intentionally love the church? To be in a community with one another as God intended it to be. Well, that's what the rest of this series is really going to be all about. Here's a quick overview of what we're going to be looking at. Next week, we're going to be talking about the first key here. It is this, community matters. It's love by connecting. It's being in community, being in fellowship, being in a relationship with each other. It's more than just knowing people's names. It's more than knowing where people sit on Sunday morning when they come into worship. 
We love one another. We stand alongside one another. We carry each other through the hard times. And then we celebrate with each other during the good times. Being connected with one another is really more about ensuring that no one, none of us stands alone through whatever we're going through in life. Understand, we need each other. We need people. We need people to stand with us as we travel down the path that we're going on, as we experience similar challenges that they might have experienced through life. Church, why wouldn't you want to learn from someone who's walked the path before you? Why wouldn't you? You see, our relationships, they kind of act for us like a GPS system in our car. They help us strategically and successfully navigate through the detours, through the journey ahead, even if there's heavy traffic ahead of us. Both the smallest friendship and the deepest friendships, they can spur us on in the journey through life. Then the second key we'll go through is this, who will you serve? It's loving by serving. God has given each of his followers, he's given us all a supernaturally empowered abilities, abilities to encourage, abilities to help one another and everyone else out in the community. Did you know that you have supernatural powers? Do you know that? Well, you do. We're going to talk about that. You see, as a Christian, we must learn how to act as we do good deeds. This shows others the depth of Jesus' love within us when we do these good deeds. It's a protection for us as it serves as a witness to the world. A world out there that would rather slander us and portray Christians as, oh, you're just negative and you're negative in all you say and all that you do. Serving is more about what Jesus is doing in us rather than what we are doing for other people. If we're to look like Jesus and love like him, we must humble ourselves and we must serve. Serve in the church, serve other people, serve the world around us. That's followed by our third key. It says it's what your giving says. It's an understanding of your love based on your giving. Yes, we're going to talk about giving, but probably not in the way that you expect that we're going to talk about it, okay? In fact, I'm not even going to mention tithing or any percentages at all as we go through that session. I'm not going to try to give you any ill-planned guilt trips about giving more or not. We're simply going to talk about love as an indicator of your giving. Because loving the church means giving to the church to meet its needs. It also means, and this is the hardest one for many people, it means authentically making your needs known. It's making them known so that the other people, the body of Christ that stands alongside of you, that wants to walk with you so that they can express love to you and help you through this time as well. See, God uses these acts of sacrifice to show the world around us the testimony of Jesus. Our money and our possessions, they only hold value when they're used to build relationships and build upon our riches in heaven. Then we're going to close out in our final week talking about sharing is caring. It's loving by sharing. It's love in telling. The love that Jesus gives us and the love that we should have for one another. It isn't to be hoarded inside the walls of the church. It's not something we just do when we're in here. That love that we're to have for one another, it's also meant to be shown to the community that's out there around us. What the love of Jesus, what it looks like, not just for us, but between us and them. If we aren't sharing the love of God with our words and with our deeds, then we aren't truly loving. And we're going to talk about that as well. Friends, I invite you to stick around for these next four weeks. I'm excited about it. We're going to look at various ways that we can intentionally love the church as we see it, as, as it is today, as God intended us to be for the community of faith. If you're with us today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I invite you to stick around for that as well, okay? Because we're going to learn about that. Some of you may have, you may have some negative experiences from being in a church in the past. And, and for that, I'm truly sorry if that has been your experience. I just want you to know that that's not what God intended from his church. But what did he intend? 
Well, why not join us for these few weeks and learn about this? Learn about what he intended, what the church, what is supposed to be like for us and for the people around us. This is going to be an exciting journey. And I'm excited that we're going to be able to go through this journey together. I'm just going to close with a story this morning. His name was Richard Baxter. He was a minister in a church in Kidderminster, Worcester, England, back in the mid-1600s. He had a passion for preaching in the day. And he had a story that I can totally relate to. You see, Kidderminster was a notoriously corrupt community, and Baxter had his work cut out for him. Nevertheless, that small community, by the time he left, was totally transformed by his ministry. I don't have the time to get into all the details this morning. But let me just say this, there's one simple principle that came from his ministry that we can glean and we can use today, and it's this. Regardless of the location or size of your church, you have the potential to engage in life-changing ministry that transforms your community. We have that power right here today. With God's help, we can begin right here, right now, and we can do what I've been talking about and change the story. Make an eternal difference, not just in this church, but in this community and in this county as well. And that's what keeps me going. Richard Baxter remained in that village of Kidderminster for 14 years. I can only imagine what he must have thought when he entered that community. And how ugly and how ungodly and how profane the people were. Not, not an uncommon problem in the church. Did he think about packing up and leaving? Did he have despair over the difficult task that was lying ahead of him to try to change over a church and a community? Did he think, well, I'm not the right man for the job? After all, it's what most of his predecessors did. When they saw the going got tough, they took off. Now, I really don't know what he thought. I truly don't. But I know this. He stayed. He stayed and that community was totally changed as a result. Friends, it happened then. And understand, it can happen today right here in Cherryvale, Kansas, little old Cherryvale, right here starting at First Baptist Church. Church, let me ask you, what if? What if the folks here in this church, what if we agreed to stick together, to love each other, love each other like family, and do whatever it takes to carry out God's simple plan for this church? What if? Could you imagine how many lives would be transformed? Could you imagine how many families might be kept together in this community if we would simply do that? Can you imagine how many schools, how many school boards, how many city council, how many community decisions they would all be impacted across this area or across our nation by doing such things, by Christians and churches like this one that will choose to be salt and light into the communities. Look, almost every difficult issue, almost every challenging relationship, it could be resolved more easily if we first ask this one simple question, what does God want? And then we focus on how can we reach the people through God, what he's trying to do through us. When we die to self, the church functions more effectively, making this more of a matter of a spiritual maturity thing, about placing God's will, by placing his will above our own will and his message above ours, above the will of man. Whose will are you more interested in fulfilling? In light of what we discussed here this morning, church, friends, let me ask this question. How are we doing How's the church doing? How are we doing at loving like Jesus loved? Are we following his commandment? Is there so much love in this church? Is there so much love in all of us here this morning that people outside this building, people in the homes that live around us, that they know without a doubt that we're his disciples? Can they tell it by the way that we relate to each other every Sunday when we come and go from church? 
Can they tell it as we sit in these pews? When they come and they join us on Christmas and Easter, because many times that's the only time they'll come. Can they tell it when we're out behind our house having a barbecue or when we go out into the community and have dinner at a restaurant? Can they tell? Do they know that we love our church? Have you confessed to the people that you work with that you love the church? Why not? Do we feel loved on Sunday evening and Wednesday evenings when we come into our small group time? If you were in a moment of desperation, is there someone here whom you could go to, who you could confide in, who you'd call in that situation? Do we really love one another? That's the question. Friends, if we're going to truthfully evaluate our obedience to the Lord's command, we must be able to answer those questions. We need to understand the purpose of the church, and we must understand how it should be interacting in each one of our lives as we go through life. We must understand why we meet together and how that will help us form a love for the people for this church. And if you're loving with his love, you won't be, understand, you won't be coming to church with any ulterior motives. You won't be coming with any personally motivated purposes when you come to church. It will be out of love, love for God, love for Jesus, love for his bride, the church, and love for others, your fellow worshipers and your church leaders. And friend, I'm going to tell you, it's all of those that you must have a love for if you're going to be loving as Christ loved. If you don't have love for all, let me just say, you're out of alignment with this command that Jesus has given us right there. Understand, love is the overarching theme in this series that we're going through. And if you don't already know, by the end of this series, we collectively as a church and you individually in your life, you will know exactly where you are at when it comes to understanding that loving the church means loving the people. That's truth. Truth from the teachings of Jesus. Let's pray. I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620-336-2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed. And thanks again for listening to the Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and have a blessed day.